When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as special guest co-host this week, Eric Barnes. Eric, how's it going? It goes pretty well in spite of the content we're going to be talking about. Oh, yeah. I forgot what we're talking about today. Yeah. (laughs) That's a (laughs) 9-11 joke, everybody. (laughs) Because, you know, we should never forget. Eric, Uh, you've been on this podcast before, right? I don't think I've been on Conspiracy. Hmm. I don't think I have been. Well, now you are. Congratulations. There was once a conspiracy against me being on Conspiracy the Show. An effective anyway, one too, up to this point. It, it worked until now. Yeah, but yeah. Now it's now it's been debunked. Congratulations! Thank you. We are are fast approaching the twentieth anniversary of nine eleven, which I have no doubt is going to be like the Toyota thon for conspiracy podcasts. Yeah. So we're we're trying to get in on the action early. We're talking about a documentary called A Good American, and we'll get more into that a little bit later but let's talk about our 9-11 memories you got yeah. you got any do you remember it because I, 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 I think i've mentioned on the podcast before i was i'm old so i was at work and i just like mm-hmm. that's my story i saw it happen in the break room basically like on a tv or they were acting just... it out for us <laughs> in the break room that's a dumb question that <laughs> that i had but it, you know you never know for me i was in college at the time because i am a fellow old and it was actually my first year of college and i was in my dorm room playing nba street on my playstation 2 nice and across the hallway someone from the dorm just knocking on the doors like dude check out the tv just any channel i'm like all right and then that's when i saw the first tower smoking and at the time i was like some fucking dumbass pilot just is an idiot and just crashed into it because they weren't sure what happening and that's when i saw the second tower get hit and i'm like oh uh oh yeah Yeah, i assumed we were at war like when it all started happening it felt that way granted it took us a little while to pick out which which country we wanted to invade so we didn't go to war right away yeah come up with some false pretenses first it was very weird because i was in ohio at the time so that is weird we were yeah well we weren't directly (laughs) affected by it like we were just absorbing the shock that everyone else was experiencing and it was like well we're just gonna continue our day but the campus provided televisions outside at major like crosswalks because it was because it was a university where you can walk from building to building right at with news updates and all that and some of the classes were like uh 
fuck the lesson plan. Let's talk about this weird thing that just happened because we you know at the time it was very surreal incredibly and it still is to an extent i remember when just regular tv finally came back that took like two weeks at least like it was just 9-11 coverage for weeks i remember sting had a concert planned for that night and he said he was not going to cancel it and everyone was uh Kind of salty about that. And then he comes out and he just played one really sad song and was like, thank you, good night, which uh, felt appropriate. Yeah, it was yeah. strange. It was weird, man. Fucking 9-11, am I right? I mean, shit. You know? <laughs> God. But oh. with the anniverse coming up, I figured we should uh, delve back into some some 9-11 related conspiracies. And the way we're doing that this week because uh, I'm still in the midst of a move and don't have a ton of research time. We're talking about the documentary A Good American. Had you ever seen this before? Not prior to the recording of this podcast. I didn't realize until I started watching it again that I had seen it before, which speaks to, I think, the quality of the documentary, which isn't amazing. It's very interesting information. Yeah. I do have some quibbles with the documentary itself. It's called Good American, came out in 2017. It's an Austrian documentary, which that's going to raise flags on either yeah. side. If you're on the yeah. right, you're like, well, why wouldn't an American company put it out? And if you're on the left, you're like, I bet the government pressured American companies not to put this out. And you're probably both right to some degree. Yeah. I mean, we're talking 9-11. No one's, no one's right about 9-11. Except people who say Saudi Arabia was more involved than the government says. I wonder where that's at by the time this episode. You think they're going to drop that? You think that mixtape's going to hit the streets before 9-11? I think something's going to happen just before or on 9-11. I mean, who's to say? Being that it's the 20-year anniversary of it, and given the state of uh, everything that's going on, something's going to drop. It's almost guaranteed. There is, uh, among the... Trump will be reinstated to office conspiracy theory types. Their new date, because they're a death cult, so you have to keep updating the day when the crazy thing is going to happen. It was supposed to be August 13th. That's yeah. passed. So now it's September 18th. They're having a big rally outside the Capitol. So that's, right. that's going to be one week after 9-11. Well, yeah, because they need to celebrate 9-11 with you know, uh, you, you've you've had your 9-11 parties in which you have hot sure, dogs sure. and, you know. Cookouts. Uh, yeah, cookouts, uh, the special 9 and 11 layered cakes. Onion ring um, towers. Onion ring towers. Yeah, that, <laughs> you know, here comes the airplane. Uh, I mean, then, it would be kind of fun. I don't know. I mean, in a very dark humor sense, <laughs> yes, definitely. Yes. <laughs> and plus, cookouts are fun without a yeah. reason. They don't even need a theme. They're just yeah, always yeah. fun. The theme could be just we're hungry and we like people. So. I do wonder if that Saudi Arabia information that the families are suing to have released, because some of it got released a few years ago, and even the stuff that got released a few years ago is pretty damning. Like there's parts about Saudi intelligence agents meeting with 9-11 hijackers when they moved to California like helping them set up apartments and shit. And there's still lots of that that's redacted. And that's what these families are suing for. And 
between what's happening in Afghanistan and how much of a catastrophe that is, if it also comes out that, oh, yeah, the government knew it was Saudi Arabia, they just protected them because they're an ally. Man, I feel like this country's going to fucking explode. I mean, there's already a lot of landmines for this country to explode. This is just going to be another one. But God, I wish this were funny. But it's not. It just it just isn't. Nine eleven really is not all that funny. No, it's not. And and the thing is, is that it is a specter that we have this whole never forget mantra. But it's more like we can't forget in so many ways. It's unfeasible to forget because you have on one end, you know, high patriotism that holds a grudge. But the problem is we're not we're not sure who to hold the grudge against. And now we're about to find out that it seems to be likely that the people that we should be holding a grudge against are our own people. And that's what is horrifying about this. Yeah, the the ramifications of 9-11 just expand so far beyond what happened that day. Like we're still in the thick of that. And I don't know if we're going to get out anytime soon like the war in afghanistan's just ending it's been 20 years yeah that is it's such well, it's, a long time that's the thing the war itself is just ending but the situation itself has not because who's to say what's going to happen after you know once afghanistan becomes fully established under the taliban like what happens uh, next is the big question i think the with, phrase you're looking for is, is uh talibanistan Ah, yes. That's what I think the name would become. There's just so many questions. And I hate to use a phrase from Donald Rumsfeld, may he rot in hell, but there's so many unknown unknowns and known unknowns uh, about this that it's just, yeah, we're going to have another gasoline-induced garbage bomb fire somehow. And I just want to be sure that we're we're kind of in the clear. The the right people and the good people are in the clear and on and away from it. So we can hopefully it'll just be a flashbang, and then we can clean up afterward, as opposed to a roaring just forest fire of democracy or lack thereof. That all remains to be seen. As for this documentary, speaking of knowns and unknowns. This is one of those things where the the documentary makes a really compelling case, but we'll we'll really just never know if the point it's making is true, which the high level overview of this documentary is that there was a software program that collected data from everyone, all Americans and everyone talking to Americans. And it was a software program that its makers claim could have prevented 9-11. I'm a little conflicted. Because the subject of this documentary, for all intents and purposes, is just suggesting that like his kinder and gentler version of American government spying would have stopped 9-11. And it's like, we don't know that, but also, you're still spying on Americans, man. Yeah, and even if that were implemented, Thin Thread, I believe it was called. Yes. Um, apologies if I'm jumping around, but that's the thing, is that... Even if Thin Thread were 100% fully implemented and did everything that it claimed to do and to be, and was, like you said, a gentler version of, well, the Patriot Act, essentially, there's no way in hell that they wouldn't unlock those doors anyway. You know what I mean? It would have evolved into what it is now. Yeah, and that's essentially what 
happens in this documentary. That's the risk you're running when you work with this government. You approach them about something and they're like, yeah, that's a thing we can use for good. Yeah. And then once they have it, they're like, well, we can use it for bad too. And we're all obviously going to do that as well. Yeah. And this software program kind of ends up being that where he's like, well, here's kind of a neutered stripped down version of what you're doing that's a little less invasive and they end up going hey thanks we're going to use that we're just going to take all of that stuff that keeps it from being invasive out yeah and that's the the point this guy quits what guy nsa whistleblower william binney he is a former official at the nsa resigned shortly after 9-11 happened what are you up to binney he was just mad (laughs) you drove getting out of town huh yeah Oh, what, 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 you got to be in an Austrian documentary now? What are you, one of Bin Laden's family members? Because uh, remember, we shuffled them out of town. Yeah, right we shuffled them out of town. Nothing weird no, about no, that at all. Nope, not at all. Nothing odd about that. Nothing odd about all all that stuff. I That's that's the thing is that, you know, this documentary it is talking about how smart and intelligent this guy is. And I'm not denying the fact that he is proven to be smart and intelligent, but that doesn't mean he's good. Not only is it kind of shaky, the whole, you know, hey, let's build a a giant web of spying on all forms of phones and computers. Starting way back in the 80s, he wanted to do this. Yeah, uh, way, way back. Way, way back. Well, even beforehand, it, like back in the, he started doing stuff in the 60s, uh, you know, he was a code breaker essentially in the 60s and 70s or he was a analyst but i'm just giving you the layman's shorthand from my perspective basically the documentary is essentially saying well the nsa dragged its ass about going from analog to digital when he created the concept of metadata at least from a national security standpoint right the monitoring of yeah the monitoring because that was, that was information that they would previously just discard yeah. when they got it because they thought they couldn't use it because yeah. not everyone who has a job is good at their job. Like, yes, don't ever be surprised when the government just fucks up because some yeah. people suck at their jobs. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. On the one hand, yes, something went wrong that allowed 9-11 to happen. But since then, how many terror attacks have there been in the United States? There have been mass shootings, and I feel like those are a different thing. How many 9-11-style fucking suicide bomber-style attacks have happened in the United States? None. No. So the suggestion that, oh, if we just had the right software in place, it would have stopped 9-11. I don't think that's true because we had information in the president's hands as far back as I think July of 2001 that was like Osama bin Laden wants to carry out attacks in the United States and no one acted on it. So even if they got all this intelligence, who are they going to send it to that was going to do shit about it? it? Well, yeah, there was that one member of the former member of the NSA that prior to even meeting Benny uh, mentioned 
on how he got a report that Osama bin Laden and the Taliban, or al-Qaeda, excuse me, were making plans. And in his words, he said, well, well, what are a couple of ragheads going to do? Right. And that his was... His words, not Eric's. His words, not mine. <laughs> uh, well, well, it's important. I'm, I'm just uh, reinforcing your point that this is this wasn't unknown information. This was just ignored information. Right. And yeah. I get his privacy concerns. I, I'm, I'm with him on that. I would rather this be done in a way that doesn't just dig right into all the personal details of our lives. But I also think it was unrealistic of him to expect the government to keep it at that. Yeah. We're, we're the American government. We do whatever we want. They're really painting Benny, everyone involved in this, as a man that believed in a good and true America and was betrayed by that, naively in my opinion, betrayed by that patriotism. That's just unrealistic to me. I, I think anyone that has worked in the government, even slightly, kind of knows how not only you know, he learned early on how inefficient it can be through ignorance or just laziness in certain cases. But you also have to know that there are some sinister elements at play. There always will be and always has been. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, you maybe he's, he, he saw things through rose colored glasses for too long. Yeah. And the, the idea that he's been working in government surveillance since the 80s and hasn't seen this government do anything shady to yeah. its own citizens, I don't buy that at all. I think this might just have been the shadiest thing he saw slip past people's radar, literally. Well, also, you you have to, the, whenever you watch a documentary, and you know this, uh, you have to realize, okay, who benefits from this? And I think another purpose behind this doc is to kind of just, oh, the shady stuff was fine until it affected me, right? and now it's a problem, so... There could be that, too, because they're really painting Benny as this could be savior. It's like straight up hero worship for this yeah. guy. Like everyone they interview is like, he's the smartest guy I've ever known. He's the most ethical guy I've ever known. And it's like, all right, if you even apply to work at the NSA, you're not the most ethical person anyone knows. I don't know. I can't imagine a point in the history of this country where we weren't the biggest threat to the government, meaning Americans, be that a real threat or a perceived threat. Like when you think about 60s, 70s and 80s, what was the government doing? They were oppressing black people. Yeah. Did nothing William Binney did play into that or did it? And he was just like, that's our job at the NSA is to suppress them. But Americans died on 9-11. It's like, no, Benny, we're but, all Americans. But Adam... In the documentary, I just saw I just saw footage of him looking like Clark Kent as a young man, solving codes that looked like the Zodiac Killers things. He has to be a good guy. And he did it alone, by himself, and he's the only good one. They play all this, like, sci-fi orchestral music when they're explaining yeah. how his program works. And it, I can tell you in, like, one sentence, it maps the relationship between all the phones in the world. Yeah. There you go. It's, that's that's it, all you really need to know. And they go deep into detail talking about how it works. Well, they play the same trick over and over. The The problem is that this thing should have been 40 minutes to an hour instead yep. of 90 minutes. That's issue one. And issue two is that it's like, oh, this is a PowerPoint presentation interspersed with PBS-like interviews. Uh, yeah, and the interviews just get a little overbearing. Like, we, I, I get it. He's, he's a good American. 
He, he's good. He that, likes I'm, the Constitution. It's, it's in the title, Adam, and we <laughs> have to reinforce it. He's so he's so good. He's so good. So good. So, so, so good. good. So good that he uh, voted for Donald Trump and has appeared on Breitbart uh, after after all this. Oh. Uh, and and he also thinks that the election of Biden was rigged against Trump. Oh, uh, I feel so much better being an asshole to this guy now. Yeah. No, I after the I just did a quick Google search after this and it just was like, oh, OK, so I can understand his position of voting for Trump initially just because, oh, this man is an outsider. And I don't trust anybody on either side of the aisle at this point, but it's not like he's not benefiting from that and creating more crackpot theories. Here's the thing. This documentary in and of itself of like, hey, the government covered up 9-11. That's not far-fetched. And and here's the thing. I'm not much of a conspiracy theory person. (gasps) Spoiler alert. But I believe that. But when it comes to rigging the election against Donald Trump and some of the other things that he claims post 9-11, you lost me, bud. I'm sorry. We actually are fresh off recording two episodes about the MyPillow guys election documentary, which is bonkers. Yuck. It is insane. You noticed that documentary, A Good American, was uh, executive produced by Oliver Stone, right? I did see that, yeah. So that kind of tells you a little bit. It's just an interesting coincidence because last week, the episode that will have gone up before this, me and Jeff May were recapping an episode of Conspiracy Theory with Jesse Ventura. About, Ventura. about reptilians. And that is the episode where he added Oliver Stone's son to the cast of the show. And then, yeah, oh. I, I watched this next and it's like, oh, shit, what? Oliver Stone. He's in, he's in both of these things. What, what is Oliver Stone's son's name? Mark. But his actual name is Oliver Stone's son. Yeah, I was about to say, Mark Stone. Yeah, they talk about him using similar means to predict the Yom Kippur War back in the 70s. And I'm sure nothing else at all uh, was this program used for. And like he says, he used it to predict the, the Russian invasion of Afghanistan. And they really do lay it on thick that, hey, this guy, everything this guy does works. And... So he he's he he tries to sell this to the NSA and they're not really going for it. It's a program called Thin Thread. And again, it works exactly like we said. But one part I did find interesting, not only did they shun this software, but the NSA just kind of shunned the Internet altogether at first. And that seems so insanely short sighted, but also not shocking. I used to work at Playboy and people let me tell you. Playboy pretended the internet did not exist until like 2009. They were selling DVDs to people deep into the 2010s. And it's like, that's why you're almost done now. Yeah. Like Playboy seems like it's ready to collapse. Like it's going to be like Mad Magazine putting out like four issues a year. I think they might already be close to doing that. I think so. I thought they were just a website at this point. Oh, really? Yeah, that could be. I thought, I thought, uh, I think they're exclusively online now. I could be dead wrong. But that's the thing is that our government is much like other businesses in which a lot of the people that are at the helm of these things are the old dogs. And the old dogs don't care for the new tricks or think the new tricks don't matter. And it's evolve or die. 
And it's not too dissimilar to, well, you know, our last two presidents are in their 70s, so they don't understand the full grasp of it. So I'm not too surprised that a lot of the folks that were in charge in the head of the NSA thought, Internet, that's just a passing phase, you know, much like eight-track tapes. They didn't even want to give analysts access to email, Yeah, which that is nuts. And I think that like that was like a government developed thing, basically. Or if he's to be believed, one of the people they interview on the My Pillow Guy documentary invented email. Mm. Very contentious claim. You won't be surprised to know. I'm sure. Some I'm sure. people vehemently disagree with him, like the guy who is actually credited with inventing email. <laughs> oh God. So uh. William Binney's concern, to his credit, seems to be that the programs the NSA we're trying to go with over his were way more intrusive and invasive into the average American's life. And I, I still want to know, I would like him to define American in this sense, because what you end up seeing happening after the war on terror starts, we, we covered a really great documentary, uh, I think a couple of years ago called the feeling of being watched. And that's a documentary about how this woman, through the Freedom of Information Act, eventually finds out the FBI had been surveilling everyone in her neighborhood for like a decade. And it's because it was a predominantly Muslim neighborhood on the yeah. outskirts of Chicago. And everyone knew that the government had been surveilling them, but no one knew to what extent. But every house she would go to, they were like, yeah. They showed up and asked me who I was going to vote for. They like they come around all the time and she starts filing these Freedom of Information Act requests to find out how many people they were watching in her neighborhood. And they finally come back and they're like, oh, around 500. And she's like, oh, that's how many people live in this neighborhood. It's around 500. It's a crazy documentary. And like, how would William Binney have felt about that surveillance? Would, would that be the kind of thing that we would have to do to stop terrorism? Yeah. Did it stop terrorism? There were, if you watch the documentary, there were two people eventually caught in that surveillance and they were both caught for like money laundering. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it wasn't terrorism related yeah. at all. But uh, I wonder how he would feel about his program being implemented in that way. You know, it's hard to discern, but all I know is this, is that of all the people interviewed, not one person of color. No, no. I would not be surprised if, like you were mentioning about the FBI spying on 500 Muslim people, that at the same time, he'd be like, oh, no, no. What I meant was, we don't, we don't want to spy on white people. Why do that? They're not terrorists. That's definitely a question I would have because the praise for this guy is so over the top. Yeah. And I don't know. Something about Oliver Stone being involved doesn't sit well with me. And I hate a 9-11 documentary that never mentions Saudi Arabia. Yeah. When it doesn't get into Saudi Arabia, then I feel like this is just a diversion to keep us from talking about that. No, this is definitely a, a lesser asshole uh saying the bigger assholes the bigger asshole and we're like yeah we know but that doesn't make you good right so they bring up another software program called trailblazer that the nsa decides to go with instead and this guy's problem with it one is that again it's way too intrusive into the lives of an average person mm -hmm. but it's also bringing in so much data that uh, how do you even know what 
to go with. And uh, another problem that he didn't mention, it's also not his. So that's, that's a problem for him that he omitted. So there's a lot of stuff about the back and forth at the NSA between the people who supported Trailblazer and the people who supported thin thread uh side note where can i get one of those nsa hoodies that woman was wearing right shit was tight really were they like it was least... a zip up and it had a big ass nsa logo on the back i would wear the shit out of that hell yeah it looked comfy too it did it looked very cozy well i mean when your job is just listening to americans phone calls all day yeah you you want to settle in you don't you don't need to be uptight and stuffy in that sitch I want to. I wonder if there's NSA pajamas uh, for that for that mm. very thing, like uh, like pajama bottoms, uh, pants. I bet they have a whole the internal store where you can just buy all sorts of NSA merch. Maybe it's more than just a store. Maybe as soon as you sign the dotted line and all that, they at least give you a free hoodie and a free pair of pants. That would be cool. Yeah. Whoever from the NSA is tasked with listen listening to us record this if you could just drop a link to that hoodie in the show notes yeah i would really appreciate it i would uh, also shit uh, my pants if that link showed up in the show I, notes while we uh, were recording i will go i will go one further uh since you already know where i live uh just i'm i'm a hefty boy uh you know 2x 3xl because i like it baggy just sure, ship sure. it just ship it straight to me you don't even need to include a return address because i know you're not going to no, of so, course not. Or yeah. it'll be a fake one or like a PR oh, box yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. And so by this point in the documentary, I get it. William Binney is very credible, at least in terms of having the proper knowledge on how to spy on American citizens. Great. Yeah. He's a good so, American, Adam. Yeah, he is a good American. A Maybe good the American. only. I think he might be the only. No, the title is a good American. So what if it's not, what if they didn't even mean him? They're like, yeah, no, that yeah. woman, they, we interview a bunch. She's the good one. This yeah. guy's a nightmare. Yeah. Maybe that's the question of the documentary. Which one of these people is the good American? God. <laughs> so in January, 2001, William Benny requests that thin thread be deployed to 18 different potential terrorism hotspots. And that request is denied and that same year a new director takes over and there's a bunch of new higher-ups that are appointed and one of them just tells william benny he is no longer to push thin thread on anyone and uh eventually it just kind of fell out of use three weeks later 9-11 happened Mm. so i get from a timing standpoint why william benny would be upset but were they going to implement it fast enough? I don't know. I, I assume it was a it was already implemented. But that is unfortunate timing, especially if this program would have been more effective. And they seem to demonstrate that it was, but they also don't explain what they're showing us. They're like, see, we're getting exact locations here. And it's just like phone numbers and IP addresses. And it's like, what are we looking at? What are, what are you showing us? So that's the thing. You kind of have to go on their their yeah. testing of the program to verify that it would have worked. There's no like independent test. Yeah, there's no done. there's no third party to indicate whether they're correct or incorrect. And you know, he was pushing thin thread for quite some time. So this could, you know, it's one of those, oh, they finally just stopped doing it altogether and then 3 weeks later 9/11 happened. Well, yeah, but you're just basing it off of that latest rejection of it you could have kept going with it and you went with it previously do you see what i'm saying 
Yeah. Uh, and it's just, uh, oh, it just happened to be that. It's like, well, if 9-11 didn't happen, you would still be trying to promote Thin Thread. And even before that, you know, way, even before that, you kept doing it for forever. That's kind of the point of the doc. It's it's cherry picking. I don't know. Yeah, to it, me. it's it's not as convincing as it thinks it is. No, like they they're really like they're 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 kind of it's kind of self referential where they're just like oh who says this would have worked we do so mm-hmm. that that's uh that's all you need to know and uh yeah so it it the NSA ends up shutting this program down basically but then they end up using a version of it with all of the privacy stuff stripped out and that's when Benny loses his shit and uh he files a Department of Defense Inspector General complaint against the NSA for their efforts to uh, stop from implementing thin thread they talk about this report being buried from the public and how this report showed all of this data that was missed that could have prevented 9-11. What do they want people to do with that information? They never went into detail about what they would have done with it had they have known. And they didn't specify what, uh, if I recall correctly, they didn't specify what type of information it was. It just was there. Well, they said they had like movements and location oh, they and did? stuff oh, like okay. that. But also you're, I don't know if they're kind of working with hindsight there. Like, well, now you know who the hijackers were, so you could cross-reference that and be like, see, we knew where they were. But if we had seen that cold, would we have known what we were looking at? I don't know. I don't know. Well, didn't they also say that there were some, they they also found information about potential hijackers that aborted their missions or just didn't do it for whatever reasons or missed their planes and that type of thing? So who's to say uh, what would have... You know, we could have picked the wrong people to to try to target or just target all of them. I don't know. Uh, but on t- but here's the thing is that it's hard for us to gauge what we would have done with that, especially since this is clearly a group of people that have a grudge. It, it may be a valid grudge against the NSA, but it's still a grudge against it. So, of course, they want to paint themselves as, you know, as great and they want to paint the NSA is even worse than what we already know them to be. Yeah, it at some point starts to feel kind of like a sales pitch because there is it a really part is. in this in this documentary where they talk about, okay, well then we we decided to start shopping it around to other government agencies and we got shut down every time we tried to do that. We tried to sell it to the CIA and it's like, "Oh, cool. Thanks." And no one bought it. But they still have it. Like they could sell it to someone. They could probably sell it to a foreign government. Maybe they could sell it to Vladimir Putin if Oliver Stone can help them put together a good enough sales pitch. They might be. I could be. uh, I could be wrong, but I. uh, It could be my memory being fuzzy, but it did. I do recall when looking at Benny that he does have some Russian ties, or at least knows some people over there. So who's to say? And at the very end of the documentary, it provides a website, a dot org. So, yeah, I think you're right that there is not just the tone of the documentary being kind of a sales pitch for Thin, thin Thread or whatever the hell they want to call it now, but it seems like they kind of want to get the conversation going regarding this. And it's not purely altruistic of getting the truth out about 9-11. It's also, hey, uh, we have this thing 
uh, why don't you buy it from us? Yeah, and it feels like a diversion to me, not just with leaving out Saudi Arabia, but everything they're bringing up. Uh, well, we had intelligence that we showed to other people and they didn't do anything. The president did that, too. Like yeah. all of these things they're describing happened at higher levels in different agencies. We know the CIA and the FBI had information that had they gotten together and shared it, then maybe we could have prevented 9-11. But they weren't fucking talking like no one was sharing information. No. So he's just kind of bringing up another example of that, but acting as if that one fix would have that would have changed everything. And I'm just not so sure about that. I feel like that information would have gone higher up the chain. They would have sent it to someone and that someone would have been like, huh, interesting. Yeah. And then 9-11 would have happened because that's kind of what happened anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, as this documentary went on, I just like the story's crazy. The story about their offices getting raided. Yeah, that was nuts. That was very weird. Like they just, the government just showed up and took all of their computers and all of their 9-11 related intelligence. But here's the thing. So they say, do yeah. we know that raid happened? I don't yeah. know. Like there's no one else interviewed but them. So, I don't know. Yeah. But it, if that big... if that happened, it's 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 very interesting. But again, oh, the government's hiding information about 9-11. No, no way. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, how that's... about you tell us what it said? Yeah, like, that's, they could... that's the thing. If they had all this information, if they really want to be whistleblowers, why not share it? And now I know they already are operating under like the very first thing that is said in the documentary was Benny's lawyer saying, just know that if something happens to me, it was not a suicide. So presumably, Benny and everyone else that was interviewed are under the impression that, no, we're risking our lives talking about this. So if you're going to go, you know, go for fucking broke, if that's true. Say the shit that you do know. Because the worst thing that can happen, you're already prepared for it, supposedly. And on top of that, if you want the truth to come out, say the truth. Yeah, and... Like, I know you could argue, well, he's probably bound by some kind of government clearance, confidentiality kind of thing. He's a whistleblower. Yeah. It's what whistleblowers do. Tell us what it said. Because again, if it fucking said Saudi Arabia did it and you didn't put that in this documentary, that's bad times. Yeah. No, that's but, bad. It's yeah, it's bad times. And it's just that's the thing is like you're. It's you're pretending that you're a brave person because you're not actually doing anything. You're just you're just telling us shit that we kind of presumed already while adding on top of that of like, well, uh, well, I could have stopped it. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, whatever, Mark Wahlberg, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know, well, well Wahlberg could have stopped it. Come on. You've seen the movies. I mean, I've seen I've seen you know what? He did prevent the trees from killing everybody. So true. Maybe. True. Oh, shout and, out to the happening. Uh, uh, that is one of the best accidental comedies of all time. It's up there. It's up there with. Uh, oh, what was that? Nick Cage one with the bees. It was a remake. Help me. Wicker Man. Wicker Man. Thank you. Oh, God. God. So that's the general gist of this documentary is this guy thinks he could have stopped 9-11 with a software program called Thin Thread. And perhaps in a perfect government, yes, that would have been possible. But I just feel like there were forces at play that 
were all right with 9-11 happening. You even hear it in this documentary when he goes to his superiors and they're like, look, 9-11 is a goldmine for us. We're going to get so much government budget money out of this and you're all going to get some. This documentary acts like that was the attitude at the NSA. Yeah. That was the attitude at every level up to the fucking executive level. Like who got the richest off 9-11? Dick Cheney. George W. Bush, yeah. that whole fucking Bush-Cheney war machine is who eventually got rich and yeah. all of their corporate friends. So this fucking it's, software wasn't going to stop that. No. There's no and, way. And this and this type of, you know, cloak and dagger type, uh, uh, this type of cloak and dagger type shit is what is the only time trickle down economics works. Because yeah. you got yeah, because they get super mondo rich and they want everyone else to shut the fuck up about them being super mondo rich. So as they say in the documentary, everybody gets their share. But that's not just from an NSA standpoint. It starts from Bush down, if not even above him, for God's sakes. Yeah, this this documentary just kind of confirms that the government works the way we assume it works. Yeah. Which is yeah. it's fueled by money and if people get hurt in the process, so be it. Yeah. So there's not a lot of revelations in it, and I do feel like it's kind of trying to sell this software. I don't know if I would recommend it to people. Like, I would only recommend it the way I did, and it's only because if you if you have any interest in seeing it, because quite frankly, this is a pot the this entire documentary should have been a podcast. But yep. But if you are going to watch it, watch it on Amazon with ads, because that way. You can hear people like talking sternly about, oh, God, and that's what the NSA did. And then all of a sudden it just snaps into a dude wipes commercial. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Well, yeah, watch it with the ads. But when I pulled it up with the ads, it looked like there were about 75 ad breaks. So I was oh. like, fine, I will. Yeah. Rent it. Well, standard I, def. Don't standard. Don't not, pay no for, HD. Do not pay for this. Do not pay to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, the only reason I say watch with ads is because the juxtap the knee jerk juxtaposition from this type of content over to like oh boy yay we're we're a we're happy family eating taco shells from you know uh, it's, and then <laughs> taco going, shells are great yeah I mean taco shells are great but these people are super enthusiastic about taco shells and then immediately <laughs> going back to oh the government ooh they are so scary that's uh, that's the only way that this documentary is engaging for as long as it is it really drags it barely needs to be an hour it certainly doesn't need to be an hour and 40 minutes no no that is way too much and i don't like that it feels like a sales pitch i don't like that that sales pitch just kind of under the radar sneaks in the fact that well you can use this software in the bad way too like yeah. we don't want to leave that out the nsa did do that for a while and then we it seems like the NSA started using it, but just in a way this guy didn't like. And now he's trying to force a well, trade like a disgruntled NFL wide receiver. And well, no only, one wants to let him go. So he's going to have to retire in his prime like Barry Sanders, who was not a wide receiver. Calvin Johnson would have been a better example. They both played for the Lions. Calvin Johnson was a receiver. He retired in his prime. I'm sorry, America. Eric, what were you going to say? I was just going to say I don't even like sports. But... <laughs> um. No, what I what I was gonna say, I was gonna just add on top of on top of all that. He could just be saying he didn't want it to turn into 
the spy thing that he turned into. And again, everything's it's a very masturbatory documentary of jerking off this Benny guy, making him the making him right in every scenario, and you know, cross his heart and hope to die. He had no intention of thin thread being more invasive but that's naive as fuck yeah and it kind of just is like if you look at this from the from the outset it's like oh no this has got this is just a guy that has a sour grapes against the nsa yeah it really does and here's the thing i get that who doesn't have some hard feelings toward the nsa you better even if you work get in line bud i mean it's not uh, nothing about this is just uh shocking in the least it's like yeah, yeah and yeah. oh oh you could have stopped it all right well how oh they kept things from you tell us what oh you're gonna not gonna say that either well you're just you're, that's an hour and, a, and 40 minutes i ain't getting back so, anyway save 40 yeah. percent on your annual subscription to thin thread when you use code conspirapops at checkout Ooh, how funny would that be god i would love if conspirapops at checkout for the nsa uh, hoodie store if that oh, hell work. yeah yeah and if someone is gonna send us Get some not- nsa hoodies uh first of all yes please but i don't mean the one with the small logo i googled it no i mean the zip up hoodie with the big ass logo yeah. on back even if you want to make me one i'll yeah. take it i mean go to t <laughs> the nsa goes to t public and makes their <laughs> own god oh i hope they have i hope the nsa is bringing in a dollar 44 per shirt like we are over on t public (laughs) oh god anyway check out our t public store uh do we have anything else i think that's our episode yeah don't watch this documentary we know the the software mapped it mapped all the relationships of all the phones and computers in the world he thinks it could have stopped 9 11 yeah that's all that's new in this yeah You've heard the you've heard the podcast. This is one of the rare movie podcasts in which we're we've told you everything about the movie. You don't have to watch the movie in order to understand what we are talking about because we pretty much told you everything. So uh, you're welcome. We did this for you. You're just going to get a lot of technical details that will only be pertinent if you work in the field of oppressing American citizens. Right. Beyond that, you're not going to give a shit. Nah. So uh, do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? How about you, Eric? Uh, If you uh, like to listen to, and by listen to, I mean read funny things or know about uh, comedy shows I may do and wrestling shows I may commentate, just follow me on Twitter. Or if you just plain like me, follow me on Twitter, at Eric W. Barnes. That's it. That's all I got. Uh, You can... uh can subscribe and get bonus episodes of conspiracy the show we've been recapping episodes of conspiracy theory with jesse ventura as bonus episodes last week's bonus ep was about the reptilians episode and it is crazy man see at least that's interesting (laughs) (laughs) you know it's a crazy conspiracy theory when even jesse ventura is like oh this is bullshit this is bullshit I don't That's care great. for it. I've wrestled lizard men before. They would never. <laughs> no, there's actually a quote where he says, I worked in professional wrestling. I've seen everything, and I've never seen a six-foot lizard person. It's like, why would wrestling give you that kind of insight into the world? Where, of course, well, I was a wrestler. If Bigfoot was real, I would know, okay? Well, because, because, Adam, uh, 
old old timey wrestlers because of the the carny nature of everything they presume everything is kayfabe everything's a rib everything is a work so yeah. i know a lot of i know a lot of uh wrestlers both currently wrestling and former wrestlers that are themselves conspiracy theorists because you can't work a worker brother you know <laughs> that's a good point so all right let's get the fuck out of here eric say goodbye bye-bye goodbye everybody we love you 